You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and today's guest is James Alex of Beach Slang. He's quite an enigma, a modest man who makes singing from the heart seem effortless. This talk in particular is a special one due to us going into his latest project, Quiet Slang, which features James taking Beach Slang songs and reimagining them, not just with acoustic guitars, but also sweeping strings. When you think about it, it's pretty much as opposite as you could get from sweat-drenched basements that he's very much used to. But the weird thing is that so much of the Beach Slang songs lend themselves to such beautiful, beautiful renditions. And I have to say, listening to this album, like getting to live with it, was truly a privilege. Within this talk, we go into how Quiet Slang evolved from an idea to a fully earned badge of pride for James. This is the 405 Exchange with James Alex of Beach Slang. So it's a pleasure to get to talk to you about this beautiful album that you made. And, you know, one of the surprising elements of the Quiet Slang album was how the music felt so full, that it felt like it filled the room that I was in. And I usually like to ask musicians this at the end of interviews, but tell me, like, what was it like for you to listen back to this album for the first time, the Quiet Slang album? Yeah, it had that real sort of, you know, little arm hair stand up kind of thing. I didn't, you know, cause it was, it was, you know, man, it was experimental, you know, I've never made anything like this and I, you know, I remember the first time hearing it thinking, I think I said out loud to Charlie, I was like, this is my record. Like I was like, it was very third person-esque. Um, it, it, you know, it was about as, I, I, I think about as good of a moment as I could have had doing a thing that I wasn't completely sure how it was going to turn out. It was, yeah, it was it was worth all the all the sort of tender bashing we were doing to find it. It was just like, me and two other guys just sort of like who met for the first time making this thing and we sort of we sort of landed on something i thought i thought pretty special i mean we've already talked about working together again so yeah that's amazing you know looking back what do you think it was what do you think was the driving force that made you want to even make this record in the first place yeah i mean it's really it's twofold i i think the thing i I, you know, I got turned on to the magnetic fields and Stephen Merritt in particular, you know, quite a long time ago. And I and I always that instrumentation of like cello and piano, I just always I, I just fell for it head over heels straight away. You know, I because uh, his in his writing and just the way he does things, it felt very it was like alien pop to me or something. It was just something like nothing I'd ever heard before, and I. I just wanted to like how do you do that right i just was i was mesmerized by it i really kind of wanted to see if i could if i could crack that code so i just i just spent a lot of time just sort of studying like how he does things and how he mashes things together and and, and all those things and i then i did you know fast forward to doing i think beach slang was about six months old and and i got asked to do an npr tiny desk so i was just whoa yeah yeah just me and my acoustic guitar and and i just you know, and I was super nervous. I was super intimidated, and I and I, I end up doing the thing, 
And then the feedback from that was like, you know, I never saw it coming. Right? I didn't even know people really knew who the band was at that point, right? And a lot of people were just like, you should make a record like this. It was just the songs feel very different when you can, you know, you can, you can really hear the lyric and it's not competing with all the, all the noise. Just, just really were super supportive in a way that I wasn't really ready for. So I think that's when I had that little, like, that little snap happened where it was like, maybe I can make the Stephen Merritt record now, right? Because I had, like, it gave me, I don't know, it, it gave me, it sort of punched back the fear, I guess, I was holding. And it just sort of said, if you do this, there's at least a handful of people that are going to to be glad you you made this record. Um, so I did. So, so I, I think it was like, his, you know, just, again, just my my sort of fawning over Stephen Merritt was certainly the catalyst, but I think the NPR thing was like my allowance, you know, that, that really gave me the sort of the, the okay in my, in my head to go make it. I love that that experience stuck with you the way that it did. For sure. Yeah. 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 You know, me too. Cause it allowed me to, I suppose just all of us as human beings going through life, right. We're just trying to sort of chip away at whatever, silly armor we sort of build up around ourselves and i think that was a really big i mean that knocked out a really big a really big piece of it and i'm and i'm thankful for that when you talk about like unexpected outcomes from doing a thing right i mean i was just trying to not have my knees knocking so loud that it picked up on the air right i mean i was really just trying to get through it i was really trying to just not embarrass myself on a very you know, <laughs> meaningful meaningful program right it's like my head was in that place and then like you know, like I said, this sort of unexpected thing that, that comes out of this is just like this sort of like whole new freedom as like, you know, as a songwriter, it's a sort of like, you know, it's just one more wall I can sort of knock down and I, yeah, who saw that coming, you know? Yeah, totally. And you know, I love that also you brought up the fact, uh, the element of the tenderness in the songs, because I feel like a lot has been said about how tenders, tender that the songs come across. And, um, and that's definitely true. What surprised me the most while listening to the album was how the core sentiments of the songs were still intact. Because for people listening who might be unfamiliar, uh, the Quiet Slang album is predominantly uh, beach slang songs uh, reimagined within acoustic and strings. Um, as a listener, I find that surprising that the core elements of the songs can stay so intact. But I wonder, does it surprise you as the songwriter that your songs can exist in these multiple forms? Yeah, you know, because I mean, that was that was the hope, of course, right? Um, but it's still surprising to you when it when it actually lands so squarely, like where you hoped it might. Um, you know, I was trying to be confident because I, I in the in the way that like I write everything that they would translate because I write in the way where it's I it's pretty much I write everything on an acoustic guitar and they sort of hold up if they hold up in that world where it's just me with an acoustic guitar singing is kind of like okay, there's got to be there's got to be something to it that it's it's translating in, in this medium. So so I was like, if it holds up there, I've at least got a fighting chance that it's going to hold up with piano and cello and this sort of non-rock and roll sort of sort of instrumentation, you know. But like I said, but then to for it to actually do that was like it's probably the first time I breathed, you know, while making that thing. Is I was like, wow, you know, it's 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 working, and and I think. I think what I did really is I, you know, I've talked about this is a whole lot. I mean, what I wanted to be with my life was was a writer, you know. I, and I suppose I don't have the, the discipline to sort of last longer than a poem or like a lyric to a song, right? I just don't have that stick to itiveness. Um, 
So, but, but words are these super big important things to me. So I think what quiet slang gives me is this opportunity to really put the lyric sort of front and center, just frame it differently and weight it a little heavier. So I think sort of once I made that decision that that was gonna kind of be like, that's the, that's the thing. And then I'm gonna build something that really heightens the emotion of, of those words. It, it, gave me, it gave me an understanding of where I'm trying to rewrite these things from, you know? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. You know, as a listener, I feel like the connective tissue that allowed uh, such a project to work is that uh, a big thing with beach slang and your projects in general is that emo the way emotion is being conveyed. And I feel like with quiet slang, the emotion is definitely still there, but it also feels a bit different. I wonder when you were making uh, the quiet slang album, did you find yourself re-examining your relationship with your own songs or was it a lot more of a, like a subconscious approach of expressing yourself? Yeah, I think it was a bit of both. You know, I didn't want to be overly scholarly about it. You know, I wanted it to be, you know, very, very heart driven. You know, um, I wanted it to have feeling, not just be, you know, intellectually correct. You know, uh, so so there was a lot of that. But but there was, you know, there was that, uh, you know, a thing that I was that I was hoping to achieve. So I was I was aware um of that but but you know i you know i i probably recorded another five or six songs that didn't make it because while again like they made sense like the structure was kind of good and like on paper it should have worked but it didn't have that that quality to it that that feeling so they ended up just getting cut because that was really the thing i was chasing and that that needed to exist i think for this to work you know the the entire time I was making it, it was that it was this razor line of like, if you wobble a little to either side, it's just going to come off like schmaltzy schlock. You know, I was like, I'm not trying to make a Celine Dion record here. You know, it's <laughs> like, I, you know what I mean? I, I wanted it to still have sort of that grit thing to it. That's, I think, inherent to the, to what, you know, what Beach Lang's about. So it's like, you know, it was kind of like a, a, a foot in the gutter and a foot in the light, you know, it was sort of that thing. But I didn't want it to just get so, to just be so safe that it lost that sort of the dirt of it all. Um, so so, so I, I guess that the academic side was more focused on that, where it's like, don't, don't lose that part of it, because that, it, it, that's why it doesn't sound like Barry Manilow. You know, yeah, I can't express that enough that I, I really just didn't want it to fall too far to a side where it just felt just too, too cleaned up because that's, they're not supposed to be, you know, life is, life is beautiful and it has all that stuff to it, but it also has all these scrapes and bruises and I didn't want to anesthetize anything in this, um, now it becomes just some plastic sheeny, you know, record. It's still... It still needed to have all the, all the beat ups on it. Yeah, I totally got that, and you yeah. know, I, I feel like what you just said definitely launches nicely into what I want to ask you about next, particularly like some of the songs. Um, I feel that the quiet slang rendition of "Dirty Cigarettes" like really best encapsulates what the project is all about. And I wonder, did creating this version feel like a creative turning point for you in any way? It it did, man. It it, it it's something I've been uh, like talking about a whole bunch. I think because I'm I'm writing so. I get back from this tour and I'm basically in the studio to make the next Beach Slang record, the loud one. 
Um, and as I've been writing and, and demoing and stuff at home, like the, I, I, there's definitely, this pushed me into like new direction and new thinking and, and is evolving. Again, everything's still, what's inherently important to Beach Lang is still there on this next record, but Quiet Slang just sort of grew me up in, in, in an irresponsible way, but it grew me up nonetheless. And it, and it was, you know, I was working with, with Dan and Keith, who I was just really lucky to work with. And they're just, you know, I learned, I, I learned playing along to, you know, Ramon's records, right? It's like I, you know, three chords, you know, power chords at that were really my, how I started out in this whole thing is like, and then I got to make a record with these two classically trained folks who just, you know, you got to keep up. You know, and you've got to not only keep up, but it's like it's it's my record, so I'm I, I'm driving that ship with these these two guys that are so much more trained than I am. So it it forced me to push beyond where I could go, you know. And I think it's um, it's really yielding something, you know, that I'm that I'm feeling quite 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 proud of, if I'm allowed to say that. Like with this with what I'm writing for the next uh, for the next Loud Slang record, so. Yeah, you know, as we as we sort of are beginning to have this tie line of unexpected outcomes here. I mean, that was certainly something because, I, you know, I, I, I had such a pure reason to make this Quiet Slang record. It's just I just always wanted to do it because I love music like that. I love, you know, tearing into just how soft, you know, you can be tender and that can be, you know, it's like that Stephen Merritt lyrically. Um, <clears throat> why are we still shrieking when we should be whispering all the time? You know, it's like, I like that something soft can hold so much power. And I've always loved that. And I think this was my chance to do it. And it was just like, that was it. I just really wanted to make a tender record. So when one day I'm just dust and bones in the ground, you know, my, my sons are going to maybe hear that and be like, ah, you know, our old man was, was pretty good. This is a cool thing to remember my dad by. Right. I just, I just wanted to make a, make this record and I've wanted to make it for a long time and I made it right. And then it was like, but then all these sort of unexpected, really cool things sort of blasted out of it. And I'm, you know, so now I'm glad for a myriad of reasons I made this record, you know? Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. With that. yeah that's beautiful, man. Cause I, I mean, I can only imagine, cause you mentioned how you're recording uh, the third uh, beach slaying record, which I def am definitely going to ask you about later on. But I imagine being in this place where you're so happy that you made this quiet slaying record, um, it can only better serve whatever you do next creatively. For sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and of course, you know, I, w I was hoping some of that would, would, would rub off. I, I don't think I was expected for just how how far it, it sort of pushed me to think and then sort of sort of flutter into what I would write after that. It's like, I'm super thankful. I suppose it's why people who make things just try to keep doing something out of their comfort zone, right? Because it just, it does take you somewhere maybe you didn't think you could get to. Yeah, I think there's definitely yeah. truth to that. Um, you know, there's right. also um, future mixtape for the art kids. Uh, I particularly love how it feels like the piano in this one is dancing around your vocals. There's something very also nostalgic about how you're singing here. What was your relationship like with the piano when you were younger? Because I feel like that kind of comes across in the song. Yeah, sure, man. I, yeah, I just, you know, my mom was a real, I, I grew up with like j just just my mom. Um, and she was a real pop, loved like pop radio. So that was kind of always on. And she was very, 
very piano music-y. I mean, she loved like the Carpenters and, you know, like the early Beatles stuff and early Beach Boys stuff and, and all that kind of stuff. So it was always sort of like piano sort of hopping. But then I, when I first started, you know, dating, I, I remember my, I, I, it may have been my first, my first partner ever, you know, her, her entire family like played piano. So it was always in the house. So it would always be like holidays and somebody playing and singing. And, and that was where I, I learned how to start playing. And, and look, I'm just, I'm a clubber on piano. I'm not, I'm not very good, but I learned, but I learned how to play. And I learned at least enough that I could sit down and accompany myself trying to write with piano. Because when I sit down with a piano and I sit down with a guitar to write, um, it's very different results, right? So I'm, I'm super thankful for that. So, so I, I suppose it's been like that. Like I've just, I've been lucky enough to be around it. Either the really great records my mom was into or that first kind of whole family that I, I ever got to be a part of. I just, piano was sort of always sort of jammed into my ears. Um, and it's, it's, so I, I just fell in love with it. I, I like how delicate it is. I like the emotional quality of it. It's, it's you know, I, I've used this analogy for, for playing shows versus writing, but I'll use it here. It's sort of like, you know, guitar is almost like an exorcism, right? And it's like piano feels more like a baptism. There's just a tender... There's an emotion I can get doing songs with the piano that I, I just I, I can't get it with guitar. You know, it's it's apples and oranges, I suppose. Wow, I've never heard it uh, put so succinctly, but just the way you describe that it makes perfect sense to me, honestly. Oh, right on, right on. Yeah, you know the yeah. two tracks I've mentioned uh, so far, they both have videos that accompany them, and you're in both of the videos. Um, yeah. Yeah. What's interesting about how those videos <laughs> are is that you come across as quite bare and transparent, where it's very much it feels almost like a moving portrait in a very literal sense there's like an honest uh modesty that's being conveyed do you remember what it was like for you to film these videos and like what it was even like to watch them back for the first time yeah yeah you know nervous terrifying i mean i'm i'm not an actor you know and i don't i don't want to be i don't I, i'm very nervous in front of the camera because i was i think i was born self-conscious you know i, I mean like right you know like i just came out that way um I, you know, my self-esteem's really wobbly. I'm like, I'm always, I, and that's, and that's not, that's not fodder for like, you know, encouragement. It's just like, I, I really am that way. So the, the idea of it was, was really terrifying, but it was the, the entire, the entirety of this project was really, and it, look, and I've used the word honesty with beach slang. I think that's been the, the constant word. And I, but I, with quiet slang, it was like, it was honest honesty obviously still being there but it was like bearing you know and I was like if I'm gonna bear myself this much and be this vulnerable you let's keep staying in a place where I'm uncomfortable and it's like so I'll let me be in this thing and see if it's see if it works you know or like um so we did it and um and and Jason who's made all the beach slang videos so far albeit I you know haven't been in any of them made these and, and I'm, I'm so comfortable with him and he, he just made it really loving and, and, and encouraging and stuff like that. And he was just like, he would show me things every once in a while to be like, no, see, see, look at, look at you. You look, you look great here. And he'd just be sort of building me up as we did it. Um, that beautiful little liar, you know? Um, so, so, you know, so then we would just, uh, and it would kind of go that way, you know, and every once in a while, I think he could sort of see I was, I was nervous and he'd kind of do something to sort of help me through it. Um, you know, and, and Charlie was there and she'd kind of be like, 
looking looking at certain jokey little faces just to kind of keep me together right to sort of take me out of that like there's a camera here and it's just like well forget that camera and just like just sing this song to me you know um and i think when that happened it put me in a place of where i could do this right so so now it's done and, and i remember jason sends them and we're on tour with beach slang and, and jason sends the roughs of the quiet slang video and I think I made Charlie watch them without me three times or so and just be like, no, are, are you sure I don't look bad and I'm not embarrassing and clumsy? And and, and I would just, she gave me at some point enough uh, <laughs> reaffirmation and, and I watched it and, and I was, I was, I was very pleased with it. It felt as tender and uh, vulnerable and, imperfect as it should have been you know we used we used like real film for it um eight millimeter and 35 millimeter film because i just i wanted that you know i i I i never want anything to be glossy and perfect because because again you know life isn't and we're we're sort of told now with like our identities with computers and things that we're supposed to be just perfect and it's like i wanted to make sure nothing ever is because nothing is right so but man you know i looked at it and i was I was happy and you know and I was in this thing visually which I never thought I'd be okay with even doing and then I did it and to feel as you know as comforted and as you know um pleased with it as I was 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 a really special feeling you know yeah Um, that's a a beautiful thing Uh, I'm really curious what what has it been like for you to um play shows as quiet slang like what's that experience been like for you yeah, well, you know, we've only done one so far. We start the tour on Monday, um, the full tour. But so, but we so we've done one so far. We we debuted at uh, South by Southwest, and uh, you know, I, man, I don't want to re- keep recycling the same adjectives, but it was it was like nerve wracking, man. I was, you know, it was. So we played in a church there, and everyone came in and just sat down, which was like, you know, I don't have my I don't have my guitar on. Everybody's seated, so it's all these things that are so different than everything I've done with beach slang. And, you know, we just started and right away I was like, wow, we're going to we're going to pull this off. You know, it was <laughs> like uh, it had that whole, you know, you know, trompe le monde, pull the world kind of vibe to it. And it just was the it was, you know, man, I, 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 I've been lucky enough to do a lot of really special things with music in my life. But that was one of the most special, most beautiful things Um that I've ever gotten to do. I mean, people were just so encouraging and so attentive because I was like, well, if we start getting heckled at this thing, I can't just turn up my guitar and go. There's nowhere to hide, right? So people were just quiet and it had a sense of reverence and something really special to it. And I look, and I, I get the atmosphere probably had, probably did a lot of that heavy lifting, but it was, it was the first time I've ever done a show in my life where after we played, people stood up and clapped when the show was over. And I was just like, I almost felt like, almost felt like a real musician, you know, it was one of of those deals, you know, where it was like, whoa, okay. So this is like, this happens in the world. This isn't just like this, this stuff happens to people. And and at least for one night, you know, it, it happened to us. And that, that was, that was pretty all right. You know, I've had worse days, you know, Yeah. (laughs) but yeah. So yeah. So then we start Monday, we go around um, the U S and Canada for a month. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see how it holds up over the duration of a tour. But, but the one show we've done so far was, was, was really something else. 
Were the nerves that you experienced there, do you feel like it was uh, similar or like probably different than what you felt uh, before that NPR Tiny Dust show? Very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar for sure. It's just like, you know, there's power in vulnerability, but there's also vulnerability to vulnerability, right? And you just, man, you lead, or I lead with that for sure. It is just like, it is, it's sort of the last barrier of protection you have between you and this thing you love so much. And now you're just dropping the curtain on that. And you're like, okay, I don't have anywhere to hide. And I'm going to sing these songs to you. And if you yell nonsense at me, I'm going to hear it. If you walk out, I'm going to see you do it. Right. Cause it's, a, we're going to play small, intimate places on this tour. It's going to be quiet. There's literally nowhere for me to hide. Um, that is that last refuge is gone um so yeah so you know that's that's scary and that's how npr felt like you know that npr thing i I walked in there and i i was i was i guess uh not smart enough to realize that it's not just me and somebody with a camera you know they invite people in and you know there was a hundred people in a half circle around me and there's three cameras on me and you're standing in front of a half-eaten cookie that daniel johnston left there and guitar picks that the pixies left there and then i'm just like how did i get here i mean the band was six months old and we had an ep out at that point a four song ep and i'm like how did i get here and i was just i was so so afraid um you know and i have these curses in those songs and it was just like i just thought like i'm gonna get bounced you know i i think i described it as like it was like I was at a party I had no business being invited to, right? And it was just, and it ended up being incredible. I mean, it's like we tour around now and it's like at every show, quite literally every show, if it's at least one person, it's typically several. And it's like, I got turned on to your band through that NPR Tiny Desk thing. And I I think as big as that was in in my head doing that, I, I knew it was kind of a big deal to get asked to do that, but I didn't fully understand the reach of that of it until um we started then touring after i had done it and it was like wow this is like everywhere like you know domestic tours international tours it's like the amount of people that got turned on to beach slang from that npr thing is is pretty unreal that's really something else it's kind of i mean i don't want to hammer on too much on it but i just want to point out how, how interesting it is that you said uh you felt like it was a party that uh, you weren't invited to, but you were like at the middle of the party, essentially. That's what you yeah, were yeah, for. I know it's, it's a weird spot to be in because I, I really thought like, you know, and I was even looking for like, I suppose what insecure folks do when they get asked to something really cool like that, you look for the excuse of why you're here. It's not that you're good enough. It's not that you belong here. There's like, so in my head, I started going well, like, oh, well, is there, is there just like an intern here who just really digs the band that just kind of begged their boss, like, just let him come in. We don't have to film it. Just let him come in. <laughs> you know, and I'm just looking for like, what is the what is the true reason I'm here? And um, so it was even that stuff. I mean, and it, it really, it was that deep. And I, and I think like even I left there like meeting everybody who's, you know, who runs that show and just like all these folks that either were, were were fans of what I was doing at that point or just had never heard it, but just decided to spend their lunch watching me play some songs, you know, and just, yeah, like that feedback. And, and then, you know, the feedback that came once we were on tour, just emails I'd be getting. It was just like I was just really knocked out and I was like, OK, you know, maybe I maybe I was supposed to be there. I certainly didn't 
maybe it's just I, I I don't know I don't know maybe I just got to get my head together and 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 accept that you know um you know something's happening for this band but it's like I, I I've always I've always vowed that humility will be the be the captain of the ship and I think like I'm just trying to not have it fall to detrimental humility you know where it's so bad that I you know I can't get from point A to point B but um there's something about being humble that I think keeps the razor really sharp you know where you just I said it in an interview once, I, I was like, you know, I think ego is the embarrassment of rock and roll, right? And I think you start get, getting to that point where you start believing your your godliness, right? And it, it, your work starts to weaken and your songs start to get kind of crummy and your, the blade gets dull and all these things. And I think like you can't manufacture humility, but I think it's a wonderful thing if you sincerely subscribe to it, it's a good thing to hang on to. It, it keeps you almost needing to prove it to yourself. And I think that that's something, you know, to to, to my I, that's something I've held on to well, um, and I don't plan on letting it go. So I'm rambling very hard here, but no, yeah, it's yeah, totally fine. We yeah, we, we love it when people I, ramble. Right on, man. Yeah, that's the point. I, I suppose I was trying to get to. I, I guess I got there and didn't didn't know how to get myself out. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, before I let you go here, um, sure. we, we mentioned like a handful of times now how you're working on a third Beach Slang record, and I think what's really interesting about the fact that you've been willing to talk about that, uh, not just with me, but with other people, is the fact that it's kind of rare for people to talk about a record while they're in the process of making it, before it's a finished thing. And this is a question that might be a bit hard to answer because you're in the middle of living it now. But I'm curious, do you feel like there's something, a quality, whether it's something internal or an experience that you had that you feel is going to better serve the third Beach Slang record because you made this Quiet Slang record? In the sense that, do you feel like this Quiet Slang record better prepared you for this next Beach Slang record in any way? Oh, without without question. I mean, just learning, like, you know, it just even from a technical standpoint, just learning, like, different chord voices and counter melody and places to take harmony and things like that was just a level i mean because you know i i guess i had myself trapped in well beach slang's like kind of a i don't want to say a punk band because I, I don't know that we're a punk band but it's just like a rock and roll band that sort of leans hard in just that three chords put it all the way down and just kind of go you know and i think like I, it's almost like i wasn't I, I didn't want to disappoint people by evolving the thing that they connected to. Um, you know, so I think I was taking, it was, I was feeding the squirrel approach, you know, where I was slipping things in on, you know, LP2 for sure. And just kind of seeing like, you know, if things like that could work. And I, I just sort of was like, I think I got to the point where I just sort of blew down the doors by making the quiet sign record. I mean, nobody saw that coming. And I think now seeing the response to that, it's, again it's sort of stripped away that fear of what am i allowed to do with this my own thing which is a weird thing to even have to ask yourself but you but you know it it, it doesn't come from anything other than i i just didn't want to disappoint people that connected with this right so but i think now i finally took that leap i needed to take in order to not have to ask myself what am i allowed to do with this like so um so yeah yeah i think i think that's the big thing i'm I'm, I'm sort of shoving forward with is is the this sort of evolving it through 
through this quiet slang process, you know, it, it really did turn me on to like how I can push music and, and certainly like stuff that I write forward, you know, it's exciting to do that. That definitely feels like a good place to be. James, you know, thanks, man. Thank you so much for sharing yourself with me. I really do appreciate it. Of course, man. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, of course. It's a damn well pleasure, and I can't wait to see what you do next, man, honestly. Right on. Thank you so much. Take good care of yourself. Yeah, you too. Have a good one, man. The sound is fucked.